0: We are the Sacred Collective. All are respected. All are heard. All are welcomed. Join us. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Good morning, Lisa. Hello. I can kind of see some comments. Good morning. Good morning, Roberta. Oh, yep. There I am. Okay, cool. So yeah, I should be able to see. I should be able to be Caleb and Jay today. Hi Robert. Good morning, Mary. Sorry about the lighting in here. I don't have a um I don't have like a light fixture in my living room apartment or in the living room of my apartment. I don't know why. So, hello Rocky. Uh so it's really poor lighting in here. I can turn on my I can turn this light on. But then I'm all backlit, I think. Is is that better? I don't know. I guess you can see the. You can see the R better. Maybe that is better. Good morning, April. Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah. So Jay is taking the week off, and he's also having some car issues. Some really frustrating car issues. I'm sure we all know that is uh, not easy to deal with and never ending. Generally speaking, that is a never-ending battle with the old car engine. Leave it off? Robert says leave the light off. What do you think? Robert says leave the light off. Okay, Cheryl says that's better too. Okay, we'll leave it off. Cool, well, good morning, everybody. Still kind of quarantining. Um, I don't know, around here in Minnesota, people have been kind of opening up, uh, I'm not sure that's the best idea, but I've been, hi David, been seeing a lot of people out and about, uh, not really practicing, hi Stephen, practicing the social distancing, very well. Um, hello Robert, hello everyone. Uh, so yeah, I will usually, Jay... Is talking and I'm sitting over here keeping track of comments so that I don't get distracted. I'm not, I'm gonna ignore comments while I do my little talk, and then afterwards I'll I've got over here I've got my other device I've got my phone, um so that I can kind of scroll back through and see the comments hopefully. So anyway, we'll see how this goes. Got to get myself a Caleb. Got to get me now. I see why Jay has one. Anyway, so yeah, let's get started. I'm going to start. We're going to talk today about decentering as it applies, um, I guess, kind of more uh, philosophically. We can talk about uh, some references if, if you guys want to read some more about it uh, more later. Oh, uh, yeah, and also, of course, Pete Rollins takes it to an application within Christianity specifically. So does Barry Taylor. I talked to Barry actually recently. He pointed out to me, he was like, now that was Pete and my, um, that was that was both of our effort. So I give him credit where credit's due. Also, happy Mother's Day, all the moms out there. I, I'm not sure if my mom's watching or not, but big shouts out to Jenny Rowe, if you're watching. Love you, Mom. Uh, everyone... Remember to contact your mother today if you're so lucky to have her around. Hi, uh, Ray. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, like I said, I'm going to try to ignore the comments now. But anyway, yeah, good morning, everyone. I'm going to start my talk on decentering with a personal story. Uh, oh, yeah, and I also want to say thank you to Zoe for helping me work this talk out. Zoe helped me kind of workshop this talk a little bit this week. So, um So when I was growing up, one of my favorite characters was Robin Hood, and I had the VHS tape of the animated Disney version of Robin Hood, and I would watch it over and over and over, of course, rewind, watch it over and over, rewind, Um, and practically wore the VHS tape out. And then, as I got a little bit older, I moved on to watching other adaptations, uh, TV Series and live action films of Robin Hood. I read the book series when I got a little bit older, too. My favorite thing to do was to play Robin Hood, to act it out with my friends. And I grew up in rural Kentucky, surrounded by creeks, ponds, and woods. And so it made for the perfect backdrop for me to kind of live out. Play out my version of this folk hero of Robin Hood. And of course, whenever I played with my friends, of course, I was the most uh, well-versed in both the historical and fictional versions of all the characters. And I was a big know-it-all and the bossiest, and so I always got to be Robin Hood. I got to be this this uh, folk character, this hero, this outlaw vigilante and so uh, after school, my friends and I would go meet uh, down at the creek at our uh, secret little bridge that we built out of plywood and two-by-fours. And we would cross the bridge and talk about the characters that we were going to play for the day and the quests that we were going to go on. And we would find sticks to use as swords. And we would follow the familiar path down the, through the woods to the merry men's fort that we had built in some trees out of again plywood and two by fours, or uh buffererss as the uh, older gentleman in Kentucky referred to them, uh, I just got a message from my mom saying she's trying to connect I hope she I wouldn't detract from my message to point that out unless it were if it weren't Mother's day uh, hopefully she I don't know what I can do anyways sorry um. So yeah, we, we would pick out the 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 sticks that we're going to use as our swords, and we would kind of get settled in. And of course, I was always Robin Hood. Um, as Robin Hood, I loved this this character because, like I said, he was an outlaw vigilante. He was fighting for justice. He was robbing the greedy rich to feed the hungry poor. He was a heroic icon. He was the last hope to restore balance to the evil Prince John's corrupt system until the victorious return of King Richard the Lionhearted, the true King of England. Anyhow, one day, little John and I found a good hiding spot along a trail that we knew the sheriff of Nottingham, was with some of his uh, guards, was going to be traveling down later that day, and so we found a good spot to hide along that path, And there were even, there were vines in the woods that were, if they were strong enough, you could swing on them. So we had a couple of vines and we had our our swords in our hands. And when we heard the rustling of footsteps approaching on my signal, we swung down and we disarmed the guards and then we faced the evil sheriff of Nottingham. And then all of a sudden, there's almost a supernatural occurrence, all of a sudden, we froze and we heard a voice that was almost from another world saying, dinner in one hour. So, you know, we heard a grown-up calling us in for dinner and, and we froze and we all of a sudden we were taken out of our reality that we, that we had built, that we were, that we were existing in. Our lens had been ripped away. We were no longer the outlaw vigilantes of Sherwood Forest. We were just kids playing with sticks in the woods. And when when that lens or that filter is ripped away, we're decentered, and we sort of see things laid out as they are, or objectively. And there are all sorts of things that we can do when we're decentered. And I feel like they most of them that, that, that I can think of kind of fall into two categories. So after you hear, in my silly little example about Robin Hood, after you hear the grown-up's voice calling dinner in an hour, you can either keep playing or you can go home, is, is kind of how I'm laying it out. And within those two options, there are plenty and plenty of sub-options. And so in my Robin Hood example, if we keep playing, you know, you can say, yes, this is just a game, and yes, we're just kids, but I like the story that we're acting out, and I like the heroes that we're embodying, and I like this game. And I'm going to put the filter back on. That's the idea with with this idea of like keep playing is kind of putting the filter back on. And when you when you put that lens or that filter back on, you you, you can modify it. You know, uh, maybe you choose to play a different character in the game, or maybe you choose to play a different game altogether. Uh, you know you can modify that lens but then still put it back on. in uh, the option of going home, that might sound like saying maybe I'm I'm just bored with this. Uh, I'm gonna go you know see what's for dinner or you know yeah this is just a stupid make-believe game anyhow. Um, or you can go so far as to say I'm so over this that I'm gonna go and convince as many other kids as I can that playing robin hood is stupid and to make fun of you for sword fighting with sticks and and so so when you go home that's the idea of kind of throwing that lens away seeing that you're wearing a lens being decentered and then choosing to throw that lens away but you'll you'll still end up with a new lens is is the thing um, you you can't fully always throw away a lens it's you can't throw away the perspective of, of the self. Um, you can't sustain seeing the whole big picture fully objectively uh, for any extended period of time. That's for sure. Another example of a, a decentering event is uh, a power outage, especially like when the Wi Fi goes out and um, you have no electricity and, and no internet, so, no social media. And um, once all those lenses are ripped away, it kind of forces you to ask, what is normal? It kind of forces you to, to revisit your definition of, of normalcy. If, you're, if you grow up and it is normal to touch a switch on the wall and all the lights turn on in the room... And it's normal to post whatever you're doing as your status on Facebook. And then all of a sudden that lens is ripped away from you and those things are no longer an option. In these situations, you'll often hear people saying things like, well, back in, this is how it was back in the day. Or, you know, before electricity, this is just how it was. Um, and so after that decentering event is over, once you have the option of having the internet back, the Wi Fi back, the social media back, What does it look like if you choose to keep playing? Using that, using those terms again. Um, putting the lens back on, in other words. Keep, you can keep using social media and electricity and, um, the internet just as much as you were. You can modify that lens. Like I said earlier, you can, you can adjust how much you use it or use it and interact with it differently. Or you can go home. Essentially, you can you can realize I don't need all this stuff. Now that I've realized that I can be without it, I don't even want it. And that can go to a full extreme. Like, you know, uh you, you can pull a, a thoreau, you can make yourself a little walden, go live in the woods. Or you can you can do varying degrees of this. You can choose to have regular uh social media fasts. And fasting is a very important decentering activity that you choose to engage in Um, and we'll talk more about fasting later Uh, another example that is current that is really interesting not only because of its it's the extent to which it's current right now but also the fact that it's still going on the dissentering activity is still going on right now and so we don't yet know how we're going to react once it's over and we have the option of returning to normalcy as it was to use that term again, uh, that that example is quarantine. So we're being, we're decentered because we no longer have the option of face to face, close in person interactions. That lens has been ripped away. That has put normalcy up for question. And so, what is it's? I'm. This is where I'd like to hear some comments from you all, some thoughts from you all. What will it look like once this decentering? Event of quarantine is over what What is it going to look like uh, if we and there 's no i don 't think there 's any right or wrong answers here. I think this is just a question what do we do or what will we do? What will you do what will i do i don 't think there's a right or wrong answer here, but after quarantine is over, what will it look like if we choose to keep playing to put the lens back on as it were um to, to go back at to as things were and we again there, there can be degrees of this so we can take elements from from what we've learned from quarantine namely one that comes to mind is how to use zoom that's something i'll take from quarantine uh, i had to learn how to use zoom we do that zoom bible study i see steven's in here he's a part of that uh, selena's in here she's a part of that um so that's something maybe that I'll adjust that part of the the my filter of my lens before I put it back on after this decentering event of quarantine is over. So um, that's something about decentering is that we always can learn from it. Uh, being decentered allows for both objective analysis of the quirks of your state. Of the quirks, of the oddities, of the things that you call normal. And it allows for a new, more well informed appreciation of that state that you had called normal. So, decentering is a productive activity uh, so long as we learn from it. Stepping out of your skin, having your lens ripped away, examining normalcy. Questioning normalcy uh, can be very productive and very healthy, and so yeah, I'm I'm very curious about how we're going to react after this decentering event of quarantine is over. Uh, the final example I have about decentering is one that we can't easily ignore, given this format that I'm talking to you over, being called church. Uh, and it's a really big one just in general and probably for a lot of this audience is decentering in faith and that can look a lot of uh, that can be applied to a lot of different ways I want to explain expound on that a little bit more. Um, a lot of there are a lot of different ways in which your lens of your faith can be ripped away and there are a lot of different lenses that go into how you see your faith and 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 how that worldview is comprised and composed. Um so you can be decentered in your faith in an, an event like maybe changing churches. You can have uh that's kind of a smaller example. You can have church culture shock, realize that things are not done the same from one church to another. Uh oh my god, like everyone here they 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 do communion every single week here. I thought you only did it once a month. Uh we have potluck on uh, the second Tuesday of every month in this church oh it's crazy you know okay so that's a small example of, of being decentered uh in your faith uh also becoming disillusioned with a church leader is a big way that you can become decentered in your faith realizing that they're not the person you thought they were uh having personal doctrinal or theological shifts is very decentering um, and then the biggest one, leaving your faith altogether, be it temporary or um, or you know permanent. But I want to ask the question, or encourage you, I guess, more to ask the questions. What what does it look like when we keep playing, or when we go home, when we apply this thinking to our faith? Like, if if you do go through a doctrinal shift, then you'll probably put that uh, lens back on. You'll probably step back into your faith, the lens of your faith, with some adjustments. You've had some doctrinal changes. If you feel deceived or hurt by a church leader, you're probably going to tweak some things. You're probably going to say, I'm going to learn from this. Like I said, learning from the decentering, learning from the lens being ripped away, choosing how you're going to reengage with that lens, with that filter once you put it back on, and how you're going to reform it, and how you're going to, you, you are in charge of the filter that you put back on to an extent, and controlling that, I think is very important. I also think that it's very important for us, those of us still in the church, to appreciate the fact that Many people have a valid experience of being decentered from their faith and feel exposed and laid bare and embarrassed because they're revealed to be just kids playing with sticks in the woods. Is how they feel. And then, like in my earlier example, some of them feel the need to go and then proselytize against what they see to be a silly game and to convince everyone else that those who play that game are foolish. And this is a valid experience for some people, and I think that it is very important for us to acknowledge and validate that experience and to see it and to appreciate it. And that's not at all to say that you can't have that experience of feeling silly and laid bare. And then turn around and, and still decide to go back in and engage with it. To keep playing still after having been decentered. centered An activity that Pete Rollins leads is uh, Atheism for Lent. And that is a great example of him finding an application for a decentering practice. So uh, for Lent, which is fasting, right? It's 40 days of fasting from something um you you choose a thing to fast from for forty days and so he's like, well what if we fast from our faith for forty days and so that's a forty day long decentering activity I wouldn't call it a decentering event because you're it's an activity because you're you're choosing to engage in it like with a, like with any fast it wouldn't really be a fast if you weren't you know, you'd be more so like starving or you don't have access to food if you're non-willingly fasting from food, you know, for example. But um, but yeah, choosing to go without your faith for 40 days and then being decentered from it and not literally just dropping, oh, I don't believe what I used to believe. He has certain activities that you go through, practices to appreciate the perspective of atheists or of people from other faiths to see Christianity from the outside before stepping back into it. Anyhow, that's... Um, I'd be curious if anyone has any thoughts on, on, on how on maybe even personal experiences from being decentered, um, especially from your faith or, for, or from, from COVID, speculations on what it's going to look like when we go back. I think I see some people giving some comments now. I'll read those afterwards. Uh, just kind of wrap up saying I hope that revolution in places like it can be healthy places, welcoming places for people who are decentered and can even encourage healthy decentering and reflection. Uh, I know that it, it is for me, and and, I, and I, I try to facilitate that in my work with Revolution, and, and I hope that that can be one function that we serve—not the sole function—but I hope that that can be one, one function that, that that we as a church serve as a hospital for people who are decentered, um, and as a safe place to experience going through decentering uh, activities and events, life events. Um, yeah, the. the I want to briefly just say too that the spiritual practice of decentering uh, uh through fasting is massive. Uh, you know, the it oftentimes leads to revelations from God, straight direct contact with God, or uh various stages of enlightenment. For example, after Christ fasts for uh 40 days, you know, in the wilderness, he when he ends his fast, when he ends the decentering. Uh, uh activity that he's participated chosen to participate in when he ends his fast he comes back and um the spirit comes upon him and he he starts his ministry so that's after his fasting um so yeah there's i I I thought about reading some biblical examples of how fasting is is so powerful and why it is so powerful but there's so many there's so 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 many uh but but yeah, and especially if you just look at the pattern of the fact that the fa- of of fasting bringing you closer to God, choosing not to eat, you know that's pretty big. Fasting from eating is is what we usually think of when we think of biblical fasting. But uh, that's that's mass that's a massive decentering. Not 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 uh, eating, not sustaining yourself, not intaking sustenance that you need. Um. Anyhow, yeah. So that's that's where i will wrap up my talk about decentering. For today. Um, I'm going to try to read some comments. After I got disconnected and then reconnected, my little phone plan was foiled. So let me see if I can read them from the iPad from which I'm broadcasting. Okay, Here we go. Cheryl said, uh, One thing... Okay, so talking about quarantine. What we'll do after quarantine. One thing I'll go back to is hugging. I just can't social distance those. Hugging people I love does center me. However, taking from this to be more sensitive to people who aren't huggers. thats Oh, that's good. Yeah. So it's a little bit of nuance, a little bit of both. Does that make sense? So, I guess a balance. Yep, exactly. Balance of what I've learned. All because of my outgoing nature, I have a way to go in learning. Yeah, that's great. Robert said... uh Changing churches is a great example, especially when you're stuck at a Trump loving led one. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, Robert. That sounds like a healthy move for you or for, for that anonymous person in that example that you, that you gave. Selena says Decentering is a healthy practice. Decentering requires a level of acceptance and fluidity. Totally. Well put, Selena. I always appreciate your insights. Very much agree. Some people prefer to avoid this practice because it's stressful at times. We've had a hard time accepting we're loved as we are. If we changed our theology, are we the same person? Mm. Well, what is a person? What is a self? What is an Atman, if you will? How much of our identity do we invest in things like theology? That's great, Selena. Very good. Very, very good uh, points here. Uh, Robert. Peinado says, I left my Christian label and chose to reform to a spiritual person, in quotes. I still believe in the Christian perspective, but see it in a more healthy way for me. That's great. Steven says, for me, my faith is decentered because when I realized, shit happens to everyone. Yep, sure does. Lots of great comments, y'all. Uh, Robert Ross says, "I we have a lot of Roberts. I left my... Oh, okay. Maybe this, is a, this sounds familiar. Maybe it's the same Robert. I love my evangelical Christian label due to Trump followers who claim to follow Jesus. The hypocrisy and living oxymoronic nature of these people disturb me that much. Yeah, I understand that. And I also, I myself definitely do struggle with uh, showing grace to people that I disagree with, especially so strongly on like, you know, political stuff and like, stuff like that. Hey, check out my iced coffee in a mason jar. What do you think about that? Instant. Coffee, a little bit of honey, a little bit of uh, powdered creamer. Ah, now that's coffee. Is that good for, let me try that again. Ah, now that's a coffee. That's pretty good. I'll put that on my reel. Uh, Cheryl said back to Selena, I'm on the floor with this. I feel like you crawled in my head just now. Yeah, Selena, you put that really well, what you said up there. Um, Pete Rollins did a fantastic talk about our desires really being ours, or those that we were taught. Yeah, we we can go so many philosophical directions with this one. Oh, Zoe, you're here. Zoe says, I'm here, I'm queer, and I'm late. Yes, you're very late, Zoe. Uh, Kay says, I enjoy the simpler life that isolation has brought. I'm keen to not go back to the manic state of normal life. Well, Zoe, though... That's, that's really good, Kate. I love that. Um, Zoe, even though you're late, you know the message because you helped me putting it together. Ray says, I'm experiencing a decentering right now. Just got my own place and moving out of married home after 15 years together. And it's effing weird. However, as a spiritual practice, I base the whole of my religious life on decentering practices as I feel decentering allows me to check myself for authenticity. Yes. 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 Totally. Totally. So sorry, Emily. Oh no worries. Though. I don't. You. I don't know if the first half's gonna upload. Facebook closed on me halfway through the talk. I had to reopen it. I think the first half is lost. I do have the audio recording though, the podcast version. So that'll be up in a week. But uh, uh, instant in a mason jar. So punk. Yeah, I'm a punk. Cool. Well, great. Thank you all for all of your thoughts. Uh, please continue interacting and exchanging those with each other. If you have any more thoughts, you can send them to revolution at gmail.com. Uh, please reference what your question is about. If it's about a specific talk or if it's just a general question, pop it on in there. Um, and then Jay will be back next week. Pray for his car. Keep his car in your prayers. His Prius. Lift up his Prius. Just joking. Yeah, no, he's he's having car issues. Um, no, says Zoe. Um, yeah, that's about it. So shoot us uh, an email and keep talking to each other. I love all the thoughts in here. And uh, I had some other announcement. I can't think of it. I'll put it on here when I think of it. Uh, Descendering. What a cool concept. Yep, cool concept. Robert. Lots of Roberts today. I love all the Roberts. This is a Robert Robert full episode. We watched it from the beginning. Oh. Maybe it did say from the beginning. Well, Mom, I think you were watching it live, though. I don't know. Whatever. Y'all figure it out. I love you guys. Love you all. Start Love you all. Cut, Tony. Tony, cut it. Cut, Tony. Cut it. Cut the feed, Tony. Okay, I'll do it. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation... Find us on social media at Sacred MN. If you enjoyed this show, you might also like another post-Christian podcast, Pastor Jay Baker's Revolution Church. Looking back for me, like one thing I don't do is I don't make my kids go to to church because I was made to go to church. And sometimes I wonder, like, was I brainwashed to believe everything I believe, you know? If I had a free choice, would that have been different so I don't force my... I mean, I take them when, I, when their mom can't take them on Sundays. They ask me questions about God and stuff like that, and I give them my best understanding. So that's something that I've tried to change with how my parents did it. You know, I think that there there's something being done wrong. Being in an environment where it is reinforced by the authorities, you have to be this way, you know, and that this is right and this is not. When a caterpillar is going to become a butterfly, it's not smushed into a butterfly mold. And then it comes out a butterfly. You nurture it and you feed it and it lives and it, you know, whenever it's ready to, it becomes a butterfly. We're doing the work we're doing now is because yeah. we saw that. We're not going to dip abandon ship. You know, we're going to stay in it and try to fix it. That was a post-Christian podcast. <laughs>